Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. One of the things that man is capable of is rationalization. Man can tell himself that what he is doing is appropriate and correct and then come up with reasons why it is correct. And to that man who's doing it, it all seems rational and in line with the way things are. And that's why it's called rationalization. We take what we think is rational, we think what we we take what we think is appropriate standards and apply it to our situation and find comfort in the fact that we're doing what's okay or that what we're doing is okay or what we intend to do is okay. These standards are often applied uh, to qualities that don't belong to Allah. Yet we find and we conjure up ways to give reasoning to ourselves that even though they aren't the qualities that apply to Allah, they're okay in this instant. They're okay in this case. They're okay for the following reasons. Uh, For instance, uh, some people know they're arrogant, but they excuse their arrogance because they believe they need it in order to move forward on what they're doing. They consider it the driving force that allows them to continue in their work. And their work is very important. And because their work is very important, they're allowed to step on people and they're allowed to push people out of the way, and they're allowed to do things that would otherwise be forbidden because the goal is so important. In the world, in most revolutionary movements, the goal is so important that you are given permission to kill people. You are given permission to overthrow governments. You are given permission to cause chaos. Because what you're doing is not causing chaos. What you're doing is creating the petri dish for the growth of a new kind of understanding. For the growth of a new millennium that will be better than the previous one and will incorporate all good things. In Cambodia, this rationalization finally came to the place during uh, the Red Brigade in Cambodia that they had to kill Khmer Rouge, yes, that they had to kill everybody from the previous generation who had been tainted by the old way 
in order to create a new way. And this became referred to as the killing fields. And they went about trying to do this. Uh, it became their rationalization and their reason for doing it. And they believed they were right. Well, we're not talking about things on national scales. We're trying to bring it down to the individual and to our own lives. And what we rationalize and what we consider okay when it's not okay. We have goals in this world. Uh, we're going to accomplish certain things in this world, sometimes for ourselves, sometimes for others. And we begin to take the stance that these goals have some kind of supreme importance, more important than anything anybody else does, more important than anything else we do, and more important than known standards that we've began to understand and we have sort of applied uh, to existence. Um, morality. It is difficult when you are in that phase to understand that the only true goal is to have God's qualities. And the only true result is to have God's qualities. And that the reward for doing what is within God's qualities is being allowed to have God's qualities. And that if you begin to move from that mindset into a mindset that there are things in the world that must be accomplished notwithstanding God's qualities, you lose your center and more importantly, you lose your ability to have God's qualities. And losing your ability to have God's qualities is the greatest punishment that can befall you. Yet, because of the ties to the world and the illusory nature of the world and the illusory motives in the world and the illusory desires in the world, we believe that at least temporarily there are things that trump having God's qualities. That there are things that are more important than having God's qualities. And because we believe that, we then become separated from God's qualities. And as we become separated from God's qualities, the things that we allow ourselves to do become more and more degraded and more and more heinous.
So, we need to find a way to where we do not let our standards deviate. Not for any reason. We do not let our standards deviate. We do not let ourselves fall from the highest perch that we've attained. Instead of looking down, we are looking up. The core of understanding that needs to be grappled with by each of us is that either we choose God's qualities or we don't. And if we don't, we ourselves prohibit our entrance into understanding those qualities. And Bowes says very clearly and over and over, only God can know God. Only God can pray to God. And in the essential understanding of that, only God's qualities can understand Hak. Only God's qualities can understand the truth. Only elevated, exalted, gracious qualities can know elevated, gracious, exalted understandings. So, if we aren't surrounded engulfed with God's qualities, we are not surrounded and engulfed with exalted thoughts, with exalted ideas, with exalted ways. And that's why we walk such a fine line. That's why it's said that the truth is like the very, very fine edge of a sword, or that the bridge to truth is as narrow as a hair, because that hair is the dividing line. That point of the sword is the dividing line. And if we're on both sides of the line, we aren't on the correct side of the line. And the more time we spend on the wrong side of the line, the harder it is to get back to the right side of the line. So, we not only have to be careful in general, we have to be careful constantly because we are constantly presented with dilemmas wherein we require God's qualities to respond correctly. The truth being that every instance of our existence requires God's qualities to respond correctly. And even the most mundane of things 
that we respond to with inappropriate qualities can cause us substantial harm. Allah does not have self-motive. We are all capable of being full of self-motive. If we are full, or if we have self-motive, it is not possible for us to convey understandings that aren't self-motivated. It's impossible for us to convey truth. It's impossible for us to convey godly understandings because we're motivated by illusion. And if you're motivated by illusion, illusion doesn't speak to God. God speaks to God. The self doesn't speak to God. God speaks to God. It's only when we disappear and we react not from our own intuitions and our own rationalizations and our own ideas, but when we've let go of them and allow Allah to act directly through us with his will and his motivations and his understanding, can we act appropriately? But then we should realize that we are no longer the actor. We have let go of the act. And we have allowed the truth to become that which acts. Now, in uh, acting, there's something called the method. And the method entails becoming so integrated with your character that your motivations no longer are the motivations that are seen on the stage. But you've been overtaken by the motivations of the character. So the character's motivations are the ones that drive the actions and what's seen. Well, that method needs to be applied towards ourselves and our relationship with God. And to be able to do that, we have to know ourselves well enough to know what our motivations are and when we've left our motivations. And we have to study ourselves to the point where all of the parts of our act that are ours are left behind. And all of the parts of the act that somehow fulfill our base needs and base desires are left behind. And we become free of that motivation. And it's only in becoming free of that motivation that we get to the point where the truth comes through us. Notwithstanding that Allah can do what he wants and do whatever he wants. But it appears 
that he chooses to put it through the ones who've left themselves. There is a joy in the contemplation of Allah. And God created us for his pleasure and his joy so that we could know him and so that he could know us and so that he could see the identity of his grace and glory in us. We need to be in the position to understand the identity of our grace and glory in him. And these things are shown to us in small things like true friendship without motive. The ability to be involved with people for their sake, not for our own sake. The giving up of that which is important to us to be able to respond to that which is important to others. True friendship, true companionship, true loyalty. The ability to hide the faults of others as opposed to uncovering the faults of others. The ability to protect those in our surroundings as opposed to exposing them and showing their weaknesses and their difficulties. We need to be able to act from a higher plane. And to do that, we have to be in a higher plane. And for some reason, this seems to be such a difficult concept to understand. You can't act in a higher plane unless you are in a higher plane. If you wallow in the mud, you're going to create mud stains on everybody that you touch. That's how it happens. Not only on everybody you touch, you are constantly going to be muddied. To get out of the mud, we have to get out of the mud. And that means leaving behind all of the muddy qualities. Leaving behind all of the stained qualities. Understanding that even though we may believe that in order to proceed, we need to use devious methods, we're wrong. You can't proceed with devious methods because the results of devious methods are inherently flawed. Why? Because they're made up of things that are devious and their flaws will become apparent in time. It's just that we're blinded to them while we're involved in them. So we need to open our eyes and not only see with the eyes that see illusion, but see 
with the eyes that see truth. See with the eyes that understand that the grace that has been given to us by Allah must be given out to all other creatures in existence. Or we can't keep the grace. None of Allah's gifts are for us to hoard. None of Allah's treasures are for us to hoard. His treasures are a cornucopia of giving. And they either slide through you or they get caught up in you and you choke on them. Because you can't contain them. They're too big to contain. The prophets were constantly giving. They were constantly helping. They were constantly aiding. They were constantly assisting. What are we doing? What part is for others and what part is for us? Are we able to give of ourselves to others? Do we have time when someone needs our time? Do we have words when someone needs our words? Do we have a caress when someone needs our caress? What is it that we have to give? And what is it that we actually do give? There's a word in German called Schadenfreude. Uh, Freude means happiness. Schaden means shadows, difficulty. It means to have happiness in the sadness or difficulties of others. Do we create our status by comparisons? Do we look at others in order to feel better about ourselves? When we see someone lesser, or at least apparently lesser than us, does that somehow make us feel better about ourselves or when we see someone lesser we want to help to elevate them the reward that Allah gives us for maintaining his qualities in this world is allowing us to continue to have his qualities. There is no greater reward. And the ones who don't understand it are the ones who are not awash in it. And the difficulty is giving up the love for what they are awash in so that they can become engulfed in God's qualities. So our life is this cleansing. It's this purification process. And it's being acutely aware of what's right and wrong and staying where right lives 
It's being acutely aware of what is God's and what's not God's and staying with what is God's. It's being acutely aware of our emotions, of our ideas, about our motivations, about why we do things and begin to understand that the things that we do must be motivated by the truth, must be motivated by God's qualities, must be motivated by the exalted. And as we are able to bring that into our our existence, we become a much different person. Peace enters our life. And peace cannot enter our life. No matter how much money we have, no matter how much power we have, no matter how much influence we have, no matter how much gold we have, none of these things can bring us peace unless we turn away from them and turn towards God's qualities as our treasure. And when this is understood, this is when our life changes. This is when we are truly altered into the children of God. And this is the path towards becoming insan, kamal, true man. Would you rather be sitting on a mountain of gems or be a true man? This is the dilemma that's placed before everybody. Imagine the worldly power that a mountain of gems would give you. Imagine the worldly power, the fame that a mountain of gems would give you. Imagine the kind of fawning and bowing that other people will give you sitting and controlling a mountain of gems. Imagine the fame that will spread through the world about you if you have a mountain of gems. But if you have that one drop of God's grace, and it's with you all the time, people may not know who you are. You'll walk down the street unrecognized, yet within you will lie the truth. And within you will lie peace. And others who come close to you will have the ability to be peaceful. If they truly want peace. So we have to ask ourselves as we walk through this world. Do we truly want peace? Or do we want something else? Do we truly want To be the ones who subsist on God's qualities. Or do we want something else? What do we want? Bawa would ask us sometimes, when, or ask new people when they came in, he'd look at them very intently and he would say, What is it that you want? And a lot of different answers came. And whether those answers were 
truthful or not, only Allah knows. But we have to ask ourselves that question. What is it that we want? What is it that will satisfy us? What is it that will put us at peace? We know the answer. But we've swallowed so many of the illusory ideas of the world that we haven't been able to get them out of our system. That's the work, to get those deepest recesses that are hidden within us, out of us, that are still interested in the world. We have to become surgeons, surgeons of our misconceived ideas, surgeons of our misconceived desires. We have to operate, and operate constantly. And we also have to put ourselves on the table in front of Allah and in front of our sheikhs and say, take it from us. Take the darkness from us. Let us be in the light and in the truth so that we can truly know what satisfaction is, so that we can truly know what grace is, so that we can truly know the truth of existence. Ya Allah, Ya Allah, Ya Allah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuhu.